Hey, I'm Pat B. And I'm Adam Willis. And I'm just Johnny. And this is the Geek Down on WEMF Radio. Boom, chicka, boom. my friends. Get the flex on. Get the flex on. Hold up, that's like a chopped and screwed version. Like, all right, kick it down. Normally it's like the cough. That yep. time it was like a very slow death. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to apparently the very last episode of the Geek Town. We're not going to make it through this one. <laughs> I am Pat B. To the side of me, I look to my main man, mm. my homie Supreme, my main doodle stain. His name is Black Willis. <laughs> yes, sir. How we doing, Patrice? Man, I'm doing okay until yeah. we came in with like the Steve Austin flex. Yeah. I feel like I should jump across the table just like. Welcome to the Geek Down. It's the most bionic reach, reaching in yeah. that's happened. You know, what I kind of, you know what I thought would have been protocol? You remember like Michael Jackson's Beat It video where you got the one dude who was just shaking? Just, yeah. <laughs> like, Wait, yeah, the was back. that Beat It? That was bad, right? That was I one of them. Remember. They all had like these weird dancing dudes. My favorite was the cat on the roller skates. Yeah, it's actually a really uh, good time to go back to old music videos and just look at the extras. Yeah, just can, random you dudes You can lose in the oh, half a day. It's like this show. We got <laughs> random weirdos in the back just wearing red. Like, just Johnny. Yo. <laughs> Not knowing if they're going to street fight or uh, what they're going to do. If they're actually backup singers or just people that stumble onto the set. Well, if we, step, if we, step, if we like, step outside the studio and we got Johnny with, like, his wrist tied against some strange... I'm just running. I'm sorry, Johnny. <laughs> That's all right. Which I haven't seen that since, ever. Where, the, 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 the tie in the wrist together to knife fight? That's just an old-ass Why ass would you thing, just cut man. the wrist? You know, they're like going at her. Fair. Just, like, I never, the guy's arm off. I never thought of that. Yeah, it was like you got uh, Michael DiLorenzo and I don't know who the other dude was, and they just like reaching, stretching. Yeah. Maybe there's rules against that. I don't know because I've never seen it again. So rules I, in a knife fight? Yeah. Who, who, who are you, uh, Butch Cassidy? <laughs> All right, let's sit here and discuss the rules of the, the, rules the death of war, yes. battle. And so. <laughs> All right, no, we have an action. We have an action-packed, awesome show lined up for you. And I mean stuff to the rafters, my friend. Mm -hmm. Are you ready, Adam? I am ready. Are you ready, Johnny? I'm ready. I'm going to look over there at Titanium Tom. What's happening? I am ready. I was born ready. Born ready. <laughs> this man's steady. Looking to go. About to eat spaghetti. Baby came out. I'm not. <laughs> I, got no, I got no rhyme. <laughs> I got no rhyme. for a little bit there. Uh, you know what? I'm good at faking it. All right, so let's jump right into it because, Adam, I know you got to see a yep. picture, my friend, that I was jazzed. Yes. Yes. To, to, to get to check out myself because I've been following this franchise since day one. Mm -hmm. Talking, of course, about Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, this is definitely my personal favorite franchise. This one of, top of any list of for you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. Because Johnny was talking about man, forget this movie. I hate them all. <laughs> yeah, which is which <laughs> makes no sense. Yeah, the people that don't like it because this is one. The reason I like it so much, obviously, I'm a big fan of Tom Cruise. I'm a big mm -hmm. fan of his action movies. I think a guy does uh, great work, but this is. A franchise that has kind of passed on from director to director. There's always been different directors for each one. Yeah, they just put their stamp gotten... on it, except for actually these last two. We'll get to that in a minute. But they've gotten considerably better and better with every movie. And I can't name yeah, another franchise to... of movies that they can say that. Oh, I can. Which one? The Fast and Furious, my get friend. Get your head oh, out, yes, With the exception of Fast Five, they've all, they're all the crap. Incline, but anyways. Yes, it's just an incline all the way, an starting incline, from the very Right simple. into the wall. Like, yeah, that boost off right into the, the see, wall. You, can, you can hate all you want, man. And I will. Since they added The Rock, okay, that, that, that series has gotten exponentially oh, better. Mission, God, so Mission Impossible is right up there, though. You are correct. Mm -hmm. Each one has had a different, um, a different backer, which gives them all a different flavor. Yeah, like and they, they all put their print on them with, with stunts, you know, when, mm -hmm. when they started, they had that stunt, you know, obviously the wire thing from the ceiling yeah. that Brian De Palma did, and then um, John Woo, of course, had the Birds doves coming the out doves of the motorcycle of, somehow. The doves uh, coming out of uh, Tom Cruise's nose. You know, right. It's just very, very interesting But since uh, Brad Bird took over with uh, 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 Ghost Protocol, mm -hmm. I think that was... The, the high watermark for this series mm -hmm. in terms of like what they can do with action, what they can put Tom Cruise through to and not actually kill him. Yeah, that dude um, does all his own stunts in each one of these. Yeah, and they, they make sure you know that, but it is important to point out because with so many action movies these days, and you can tell the green screen, you can see the animation fill in. Like it's really, you know, rare once, once again that it's a guy doing his own stunts and doing a real life, uh, uh, Things in these situations where like yeah, cars are actually life blowing up. Situations where yeah, it's like, yeah, and there was that okay, thing. Okay, Tom, we he... need somebody to get punched in the face forty-seven times. So we're gonna bring in your stunt doll. No, I I'm think that Tom was actually Cruise. a bit that they did on MTV, but it was uh, his um, 
stunt double was uh, Ben Stiller. I don't think you remember that MTV I, thing. Yeah, wow, you are pulling out the old cuts. Yeah, it's an old one. Yeah, okay, so we're talking about um, Mission Impossible Fallout. You want to yep. tell our listeners what this movie is actually about? Well, this movie uh, is about, obviously, Tom Cruise and his team. He has to accept this mission, and it directly pretty much follows the events from Rogue Nation. And if you remember Rogue Nation, um, there was this team of assassins really hell-bent on creating disorder and, and uh, all these various acts of terrorism. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they stopped the main guy, but everybody that still followed him is this giant um, enemy team. They call themselves the Apostles. And basically it's up to him to track these guys down who are getting their hands on plutonium to make nuclear bombs that can set off these three nuclear bombs and cause all this disorder. Ironic. That's very similar to the plot of Fast 6 to Fast 7. When the <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so it's basically up to Tom Cruise and his team to find this plutonium because they, they, at first they're trying to get it and they lose it. So they give it up to the bad guys by mistake and now they have to go and get it back. So it's up to him to stop it. And then everything happens there and we are introduced to Henry Cavill's character who's Henry new Cavill, and we're kind yeah. of replacing um, Jeremy Renner who wasn't in this movie. Is he, Somehow repla- he, is he replacing him? I don't know if he's I, replacing I like him, but he's not the same character, of course. But no, Jeremy no. Renner was made himself a... Uh, you know, pretty popular face for yeah, this franchise the movies. last two movies and I guess he was too busy not being in the Avengers to do this <laughs> somehow. What kind of world do we live in where Jeremy Renner is too busy? Too busy, yeah. To do a mission. No, um, Jeremy Renner uh, was kind of, I felt like he was being groomed to kind of take yeah, over. Yeah, but he's, and he, for, he brought that you know, humor to it, which he does, you know what yeah. I mean? It kind of brought this lighthearted stuff to it, but I he was like also that. very Tom serious. I like is way too serious in these two. Yeah. I mean, I, even in this jokes was, here and there. Yeah, yeah. This, was, this was the first time I've heard him crack jokes in a while. See, the funny thing with this movie is every time something gets so outrageous, like, how are you going to do this? He goes, uh, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I can't I'll, tell you how many times he said that in this movie. Yeah, I'll figure it out, and I've he, he does. But it's like it's see that no, it's, it's like it's like he'll, he'll, him quote unquote figuring it out always involves him careening from a building or, or right. from, uh, from an aircraft. Well, that's it. He's got to improv and stuff like that. But yeah, um, I, I do I do appreciate the uh, the bit that they actually showed in the trailer, which gave away one of my favorite jokes mm. in this picture. We can just talk about it real quick. Is um, uh, uh, Simon Pegg is following him on that little radar, right. and he's chasing down. Uh, someone I won't say who it's a spoiler, yeah. but uh, he gets to win and he just stops. And he's like, "What are you doing? You're right on top of him. You gotta go. Just just keep running. Keep going. Keep going." He's like, "He's like, why are you stopping? Because I'm jumping off a building." <laughs> <laughs> so take your time. Yeah. And so that's uh, I will say this about the action in this movie. It is I consider this probably one of the greater action movies, not just of the last handful of years, but maybe of all time. I think it's that. Well, I wouldn't say of all time. Great. The yeah, action is I think, dope. I think it's that good in terms of an action movie and it's all because the action one is real Mm. two actually means something you know what i mean it's because it's set up you know these are situations that matter you know what i mean it's everything's played up to actually there's a purpose to the action not just like hey let's just blow something up for the hell of it everything kind of leads into the next thing which makes there it's more tense there's more suspense to it there's a lot of drama uh, surrounding it so the action actually is with purpose and also it's filmed extremely well there's a single take um uh shot when they're jumping out of an airplane from basically from space that's all done in one single shot and they had to jump out of it they had to do the shot like a hundred times had to jump out of that to like get the actual filming of it right Mm -hmm. um and it's just peppered with that and the last basically 40 minutes of this movie is just an endless non-stop on the ground in the air (laughs) in the mountains cave everything what's that what's that what's that movie with popeye doyle they always uh bring back to the um the the car chasing um in um the french connection thank you thank you french French connection old old ass movie i think this one may top it and this yeah. is counting uh, my 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 extreme affinity for all uh, the fast move the Fast and Furious movies. Sure, because it was just spot on. And also, Ethan Hunt is not a human being anymore. Right. Well, like, like we were that joking. dude was replaced by, with a cyborg around. Well, like, that's what we were joking MI3. about. I think Tom Cruise is in Scientology because Scientology is the only thing keeping him alive. So we can do these movies. They've killed him. They killed him like years ago. They killed him around movie three. No, I think he's, I think I think he's alive. But Scientology has somehow perfected the X gene. 
So he's just like re- Wolverine just regenerating between, yeah. between That's pictures. That's what Scientology is all about, folks. Yeah, Keeping Tom Cruise I do, making these movies. I do love, though, in, in one scene we finally got to see, because Tom Cruise does all his own stunts. That's one of the things he's famous for. Right. And I love how, no, he actually busted his ass at one point in this and still right. tried to get up and do the rest of the scene. We're like, nah, you tried to fake it, but we got you. When we he got saw up, that limp. It's like, it's yeah, like, yeah we, limp, he got yeah. off the motorcycle. Okay. And he's just like, oh. And I guess that was. He's like, oh, no, I'm still I'm still no, moving. He, just he, now, now we see you limping. You ain't fooling nobody. He jumps out of the window, crashes into the side of the building, breaks his ankle, and you see him get up and he's like hobbles off screen yeah, like that. And you're like, okay. And then he keeps going, like, oh, like it's not broken. But that yeah. was, I guess, one of the easier stunts of the movie, too, yeah. which he, he busted himself. And I will so, say, test, this test. is the picture. I believe this is the picture that, um, that, that, that ruined, that was one of the main reasons that Justice League sucks so much. Because Henry Cavill, this was the one Henry Cavill had grown the mustache for that he couldn't yeah. shave. Uh, so they had that that BS CG, uh, CGI uh, C, C, yeah blame uh, blame this movie on that movie. Hey, crash, all I'm gonna sure. all I'm gonna say is after seeing his performance in this, it was worth it. Yeah, and I will I definitely have to call yeah, he out. He carried his own. Uh, you know, oh, as, absolutely. Like, I, I I did like him as Superman and stuff. I don't really enjoy those movies that much, but like he's a serviceable actor. Oh yeah, no, and no, they, he, he I think he really brought it in this, especially the the action scenes. There's a good fight scene in a bathroom where they're all duking it out and stuff, and he plays that brutish strength, yeah, no, tough he's guy, a really and well. You know how upset I am that Vin Diesel still not Vin Diesel that um Ving Rhames <laughs> okay. is still in these. You're mad at that? I dude, because okay. the first movie he's been in this series since the first Mission Impossible. Yeah, he, he took a few of them off though. Uh, but but his whole his whole thing is you know what. I've been retired since before this movie started. This is gonna be my last endeavor ever. And yep. he says that every fringle, every freaking time we see him. Imagine how much they're paying him though, you know? Yeah, but still, I f- and I feel bad too, because I know they're gonna kill him off at some point. And his whole thing was, yo, I got out once, I don't wanna die. You know, I wanna live my life, I wanna go on live my life and happy. And so- then why don't you? Why are you still <laughs> back in this? People are shooting at you. You well, got shot now. like eight times. In- he, he, owe, he owes Ethan a debt now. I yeah, think he has to be there forever. Ridiculous. We're not gonna see him until um, he's 95. Uh, before we give our rating real quick, I do have to call out, I think Angela Bassett was wasted. Which is unfortunate, um, but I think they're setting yeah, her up uh, to probably take over a larger role in the next one. I think that's part of it. I think so, but um, I, 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 I'm hoping they don't do it like they did her as Amanda Waller in the Green Lantern movie. Sure. It wasn't a good movie, but it's a character that she actually could have brought a lot to, mm. and they didn't. If they were setting up for something um, down the line that they just didn't get to, right. I think that's doing uh, an actress of her caliber a disservice. Right. And Adam, I'm just glad uh, to see her in it, so I will I, I will definitely agree with you. Maybe they should have used her more, but they also should have used Alec Baldwin more. Well, I like... Anytime you can use Alec Baldwin. Well, I, I <laughs> like... Alec Baldwin got some... He got some shots in, man. Yeah, Alec, yeah. He, got, he had he the gun shots. on him. He threw a couple bows and everything yeah. like that. I'm, like, I'm just sitting there Alec watching Baldwin like, yo, Jack moves. Donaghy has moves. Look at him sticking moves. Just sticking the jab. He's like... Yeah, um, dude, I gotta give this a thumbs up. I, I, I haven't enjoyed a Mission Impossible movie like this uh, mm-hmm. since maybe the first one. The first one got me. Yeah, and I mean, this, uh, like I said, this is probably my favorite franchise of of action films. I think Tom Cruise definitely puts it all on the line. So I think it's it's a respectable way to approach it. movie making in general. And they're just they're just flat out really really good movie and the, some of the best action I've I've ever seen in this one. And like I said, it tops. Ghost Protocol for me, which is was really hard to do because I considered mm. that probably the best action movie that I've seen in okay. many years. Right. So yeah, definitely thumbs up. Cool, cool. All right, Mission Impossible Fallout. It's in theaters now. Two thumbs up from the geek down. All right, now I'm gonna kick it over back, kick it back. Excuse me to Black Adam Willis because mm. dude, before this movie, I believe you were talking Oscar. Oscar <laughs> caliber um, for uh, David Spade's all performance. Around. <laughs> all around. Uh, the writing, the, the direction. Uh, we're talking about Father of the Year. This yeah. was actually your suggestion. Um, it wasn't my a- suggestion. I, 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 I told you I watched it. Okay. <laughs> I think I don't know if that's a suggestion or an endorsement in any it was way. Eno- it was enough of a ring it's endorsement. A, it was one of those, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's, it's on Netflix. It was, you know, p- pushed by Netflix pretty heavily. It's mm. one of those Happy Madison things, so you know what you're kind of getting, which is really middle of the road kind of thing you can forget about within middle? the hour. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, in oh, the road anyway. You're yeah. about to get hit by a car. I will um, say middle of the road. We're talking, of course, about father. Of the, well, of course, we're talking about father not of the year. The worst thing I've seen, especially from this production company. Well, um, uh, okay, no, no, fair, fair. Uh, father of the year is a movie starring David Spade about a. I don't know what you would call him really. He's not like a criminal or anything. He's just kind of he's a guy. He's just a white trash father, nowhere. and basically his son and his son's friend come home from college, and mm-hmm. right before he starts his job in New York, so he's got to stay with his father for the time being, or staying in the same town as his father for the time being. Mm-hmm. And then in a drunken night out with his friends, um, 
Everything goes wrong. Well, not everything. Like, it, it, it dude, sets, everything goes it wrong. It sets it all up, basically, where... I mean, there's they, a scholarship. He's got, like, ambition. He's got friends who are traveling with him. Yep. He, uh, he's got he's got prospects. But basically, and he proposes that his father would beat up his friend's father in a fight should that happen. Yeah, how did they... Th this is the most, like, ham-fisted attempt. At, like, I mean, even the way they set up the fight was hack. Well, here's the thing. That with the real the issue with the movie was definitely yeah. the screenplay because it goes in so many different directions and it doesn't fulfill any of them. It doesn't yeah, want to be a really love story between these this guy and this girl that he's met. Mm -hmm. Does it want to be this the fight with the father? Does it want to be a son and father doing a connection? Mm -hmm. It's it's trying to do all those things and it does none of them well. There's so also it's the, in all these directions. The friend angle. Where the friend doesn't even know what he wants to do with his life. Yeah, right, the so they're feels. really trying to do all these things. And like I said, they're not pulling any of them off because every time they explore one, it abandons the other. And yeah, where I you think this is actually the storyline, it goes to another direction and... and completely picks it up. And I agree. It, it does bring closure to each of those different, uh, I don't know, subplots. But with like but, a sentence of dialogue. Like, yeah, oh yeah, so it's, he's going to go uh, and do that. It's oh, a very okay, convenient, it um, it's a very convenient um, uh, uh, TV movie type of uh, right. quick rap. That's exactly you yeah. know, It's like if, the, if, these were, uh, if these were sitcoms or something, um, uh, Tom, something's up with the video. Can you check that out? Uh, but if these were sitcoms, this would have been like they didn't know they were getting canceled and they had to wrap everything up in like the last ten minutes of the the current episode, right? You know, like they they thought they had forty more minutes of movie, and they're like, okay, Netflix needs us to cut it down. Which to 90. bothered me that this whole the, the whole movie itself I could have had promise because I've seen David Spade do good sympathetic work. Joe I like Dirt, David I thought Spade's was a really some funny movies for me, and I yeah, think David I like Spade's Joe Dirt, one of those um, underrated. He's not like a funny guy. Like I don't watch him on like. Uh, TV like in award shows and things like well, that. Well, he was and, like, on just shoot me. Funny, he but, like, chooses roles that kind of kind of can he can uh, he can mold his personality to, and that works when it's written well. This is a Happy Madison production that was not. Yeah, I think know? he's got a really funny trashy Boston accent in this though. Which yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate. I'm wondering wow. where, that, where that came from because I got that. What are we do it's gay? not set in where Boston. No, I don't know. But it's, it, it it's has set it. in like so Alabama. Thick. Why do you sound like you're from Southie? I don't know, but it's it's definitely there. Oh yeah, check this out, guys. It's it's funny. Coming up from Lynn, brother. Yeah. I I, th I think he was just treating this role as prep uh, preparation for something to do with Ben Affleck. Oh, that's my guess. That, why is that? Or no, don't, another don't put that out Adam there. Sandler thing who always shoots his movies around here. Adam Sandler. Adam like Sandler doesn't okay like New England accent too, mm -hmm. which is where, he's from. He's from New, New York, right? New Hampshire? New Hampshire. He's from New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Okay, that, ex that explains a lot. Right there. Um, in this, I, 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 the the impression I got because I didn't hate this, but I really didn't like it. And right. I, I thought at the very Which least, is, like it I'm watching. It sums up Netflix for me. You didn't hate it, but you didn't like well, it. Well, like yeah, like well, it's not the worst thing I ever saw, but it's definitely not good. Yeah. What, I, what, I mean? what I'll what I'll say for this to its credit is the characters that are supposed to be sympathetic, they do come across as kind of sympathetic. Like I. I, I, I felt for um Tess. for uh, David Spade's character after a while. Yeah, you know I'm like I, I don't want to see bad things happen to this guy. I want to see his son succeed. I want to see his son's Tess. friend get the hell out of this town and do something with his life. I want to see him get the girl. I want to see the girl kids. find her self respect. The I want to see like I want I Tess. want good things to happen with these people. Everyone except for uh, his best friend's uh, uh, stepbrother. That kid can sit on. That yeah, kid, yo, man, who is like oh, peeing yeah. and everything and doing all this. Yeah, this horrible this. horrible little kid. That they introduced this move. This 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 movie came across like and see if you can follow me on this. If Tim and Eric uh, wrote an episode uh, or wrote a season of Pete and Pete. Wow, that's out there. But I yeah, can but definitely you, you, follow you. you. See what I'm saying? I can uh, dig it. Yep. You know yeah. what this movie felt like to me? It felt like a spiritual successor to um, Billy Madison. That's what it felt like. Except uh, that's not, not as thing, not Billy as Madison ridiculous, sucks. but also uh, a little bit more intelligent and I guess. Uh, Better produced than Billy Madison. It had more of a budget. Yeah. yeah, and and it seemed like the writing, the the comedic writing, was a bit smarter. But none of it was like phenomenal at all. But it felt a little bit smarter. I will say, there's one thing about this movie that I actually really did appreciate was all the physical comedy. They seem to have nailed that because the impact. Uh, I was actually laughing out loud from just the weird falls and impacts. Someone when he fell out of the pool. Uh, when he fell out of the quote-unquote pool. The pool. The, that was just the start of it, and it just kept going. And if they kept that up, I would have probably appreciated it more. But um, 
but to me that, that that is the highlight for me was that so if you're the kind of person that you'll that you enjoy sort of physical comedy you'll get that not as much as you would want but there's some of that in there and what i thought was in there was pulled off pretty well all right i guess that, that will give it merit i will say um like on, on a positive note it did go balls to the wall nth degree it's just like okay you think something bad's gonna happen and they're gonna start to pull back and they go they crank it to 11 um the greenhouse you mentioned yep. that scene i didn't expect to go there it's just like okay well bad stuff's gonna happen and now we're gonna start to mend it oh you know it goes it goes that extra that extra mile mm-hmm. which i didn't expect at all so i mean I, I i will say it had that going for it and for that reason i gotta give it a soft thumbs down versus just the vigorous i'll give a thumbs up for trashy david spade and then a thumbs down for everything else so what's your proper <laughs> like a thumb sideways no there's no, no thumbs, thumbs down, yeah, thumbs down. Sure. yeah i gotta give it a thumbs down and, and the thing is i want to like david spade's work after joe dirt and after uh just shoot me because i've seen this guy do well and i think did, he just no you know, I'm, stop that like stop that? I, I yo Get i don't i don't like it. black sheep or the first time tommy they did boy? it when it was called tommy boy yeah Remade the same damn movie. <laughs> um, the movie's called Father of the Year. It's starring David Spade and a bunch of other. Oh, wh- who's that guy that played? Um, plays the German guy in Beerfest. Yeah, I, I I never remember this dude's name. Yeah, he's one of those guys that you always see in like the background of Happy Madison stuff. He was in. Uh, I think he. I think he may have been in old school. I'm not sure. Pocket computer right here. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Adam looks the name up. I'm gonna sing a little. Uh, I, uh, uh, jazz funk for y'all. I gave it a thumbs down. You gave it a thumbs. Oh, you! I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't realize you yeah. saw the movie because you just kind of like let <laughs> us go uh, for a bit. You gave it a thumbs down too. Yeah, thumbs down. I mean, it's it's not like one of the worst movies you can go out and see, but yeah, it's not a good movie at all. Yeah, dude. I'm um, I'm disappointed in this too because I figured a Netflix production, uh, they might just have fun with it and not try to do like the full Happy Madison stuff that they do. Yeah, and instead, no, they 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 went all out. It felt almost like uh, Billy Madison and the weddings, the wedding singer, had a baby. This was it, but also with multiple plots. Well, I hate both those movies. So you said it there. Sir. Nat Faxon. Yeah, both Nat those Faxon? movies suck. Okay, Nat Faxon, Ed Helms, uh, understudy number three. Uh, <laughs> Nat Faxon is the other guy in this. Um, you know what? Uh, he he does funny stuff. I mean, so hopefully his next project will be better. This seemed like just someone owed Adam Adam Sandler a uh, favor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. All right. So the movie's called Father of the Year. It's on Netflix right now. Uh, we can't recommend it. It's all thumbs down. Call your father instead. <laughs> all right. Well said. Okay. So now I'm going to kick it over to the other side for my man, Just Johnny. Yo. And your breakdown of Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. I finally said it right. Wait, what? <laughs> okay. It, it's like the start of uh, every, uh, every like, sequ- major story sequence in the game. You hear, yes. like, this joyful whistle music play out. This this game, playing through it, man, it's like uh, happiness squared in your face. And it's like, it's like the cheesy, corny happiness, but you just can't, like... Be upset about it at all? You're you're just cool with it. Like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in the happy crowd with you, Toad. We're gonna we're gonna have some happiness together. I did see all those. You wanna mute that song? There. Yeah. So this this game is like a. uh, It's hard to describe. uh, The best I could say is that it's a 3D diorama Mm -hmm. levels. A set of uh, a a whole collection of 3D diorama levels that you are navigating through as Captain Toad and so it's with, like static environments uh, they're dynamic in that you uh, can interact with the environment there's enemies speckled about you're not so much as combating them as the enemies are more like obstacles that you have to figure out how to get around or to eliminate so that you can continue through the level navigating through the level without uh, sort of losing uh, your your life and having to restart from from the beginning again or anything like that. Okay, um, okay. so they're like they're not they're not so much trying to kill you, so much as just like trying to block you from achieving your objective. Yeah, it's oh. not so much like your neighbors that are calling the cops, just your neighbors that like steal your cable when you're not you know home. Yeah, it, it's like uh, okay. <laughs> it's like the the lemmings uh, or any of the lemmings games or um, where you guide innocent creatures off cliffs just for fun. Yeah. you sadistic sob. How it's, dare you? But instead of guiding the creatures uh, in that puzzle sort of hands off puzzle kind of way, mm-hmm. you are the creature being towed, and you're you're navigating as towed through this level and trying to get 
circumvent these different obstacles that are there, and also the puzzle elements that are there. All right, you and, said that before, though. You're you're playing Toad from the Mar from the Mario games. Yes, it's Toad, the the sidekick or third banana, and now in his own solo adventure. Yeah, well, there's a lot of Toads in the Mushroom Kingdom, so I, I don't know, know if one this Toad is... he got that he got that like red and white afro you know, <laughs> going on. He uh, he's really fast with picking up and throwing um, those uh, those like long nose. Uh, uh, bird creatures, uh, yeah. That well, te technically, there are uh, two never got toads. past his MC Hammer phase. Uh, there, there are a minimum of two toads because you, you first start off the game as Captain Toad, and then as you complete that chapter, you then switch over to uh, Toadette and play an entire chapter as Toadette, and they sort of. Uh, it's kind of funny because they they do like the typical thing where it's you know someone uh, you know the the princess gets captured mm -hmm. and you have to go and rescue her. Uh, the princess being Toadette. Wait, you mean a princess gets captured in a Mario game? Yeah, <laughs> but then as soon as you complete that chapter as Toad, they flip the they flip the book around and then Toad gets captured by the same villain and you play as Toadette having to rescue Toad. So it's oh snap, it's codependent, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's completely uh, symmetric. It's uh, it's nice and and wait, so, wait, so who's the who's the villain? Who's the villain in this? The villain is like this weird big giant bird that likes shiny treasure. It's almost like a dragon, but a big bird. Is this <laughs> is this someone we've seen before? It's not like Birdo or someone, is it? Ah, man, there's been a lot of Mario bosses. I'm certain this might have appeared in one of the Mario games as a boss, but. For the life of me, I can't really recall. It might have been a boss from uh, Mario 3D World or 3D Land, but I can't, uh, I can't recall. So as far as I know, uh, I it's there, it's a so. brand new one. Uh, yeah. But there's other bosses throughout there. So there's like this. There is actually a dragon that's in a volcano, uh, and that in itself is a boss fight. So I know some of these levels are are three are like these dioramas that uh, are puzzle-ish. There are some that sort of challenge you in your ability to sort of navigate through things quickly mm -hmm. and really start to dodge obstacles and to sort of block uh, uh, attacks from hitting you. And uh, one of the other mechanics of this is that you have this touch mechanic uh, that you can use to sort of interact with the environment from almost like a distance. So on the touch screen, you can uh, touch on objects uh, that are distant from Toad in order to make manipulate them in a way that helps Toad sort of navigate through the environment. And that's okay, mm -hmm. but what makes it really cool is that you can take out these, you, instead of playing with, you know, solo, you can take the other Joy-Con out and hand it, hand it to a friend, and uh, your friend will do that type of functionality for you. So they're going around, they're shooting enemies with vegetables in order to knock them out so that Toad can progress through them. They're also uh, tapping on uh, different objects to pull them in and out of the level, turn them, uh, twist them or rotate them around mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So you're working together in tandem. And they also have a uh, control over the camera. So you both have shared control over the camera. So it's right, you, you have how, to work together as a team. I'm loving how, because this is a, it's a Nintendo game, so everything seems really cutesy, and we're, we're actually looking at some video now. Everything seems really like light and fun. It looks it looks child friendly. If yeah. you did this in any other game series, you grab control of them and then you make them do things while your partner controls what the world sees. It's it's like it can be really like sinister and sadistic. But no, it's like I I I froze them with my power of touch from a distance, and then I hit them in the face with carrots. Yeah. It's <laughs> It's it's an exceptionally poli well polished game. This uh this first this game first released on the uh, Wii U and then they brought it over to the Switch. They this added is the port, a, yeah, right. This is, this is the port, but they enhanced it. They added a whole bunch of levels. They also uh, I don't know if it first released at a at a discounted price, but the current price for it is forty bucks. So it's discounted by twenty. What you'd normally get for any big game. Well, and is that still a good value or no? Forty bucks, yeah. This is a definitely a good value. The polish is there. This is this is like a, a smaller AAA level game, like the quality of a AAA game that you would expect. Mm -hmm. But it's smaller. There's not as much content uh, in there, but there's still plenty of content. It's well worth the forty bucks, and the co-op to it is very fun. Uh, and probably the the thing I like the most about it is that every single level is very short. So and there's tons of levels. Uh, so you don't have to. It's not as big of a time sink. If you want, if you want to sit down for like a couple hours at end and play it, you can do that. If you only have ten minutes, you can actually get progress through this game in just ten minutes. All right. So it's like you you wake up. It's seven forty five. 
Okay, you know the, uh, the 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 school bus is coming in fifteen minutes. Yeah. Okay, you haven't you haven't you haven't you haven't showered, you haven't eaten breakfast, but you know if, I, if I'm gonna sit down here and get a couple of, get a couple of rounds of toe of Captain Toad in, I wanna see if I can progress a little bit, get Toad in, you know, to uh, give me at least two 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 digits, maybe three of that phone number. <laughs> what am I gonna do here? You you can actually you can actually get that you can actually bang that out real quick. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, dude, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. He's tracking treasure, or is it just like a clever name to? The treasure is, uh, there's, uh, every level has, uh, the core goal of getting the star, but then if you go, the extra puzzle elements with that, within every level is to get these gems that are hidden. Some of them are really well hidden throughout the level. So it's really like find the treasure type of game as well as complete the level. Okay. So now can it, can, is, is he doing like the Indiana, Indiana Jones stuff? I see the gem over there. I've got to like, uh, de uh depress this trap. While uh, avoiding those booby traps over there, yeah, on my way there, so I can, okay, I can send one of these lemming creatures that I can control with my mind. It's to, pretty much that the game. Okay, see, yeah. that's why did you say that from the beginning? That's all you had to uh. say to sell me on this sucker. What, what's the verdict, my friend? The, oh, definite thumbs up. This is a really good game. It's discounted at, or not? It's not discount, but it's only forty bucks, uh, and you're going to get a lot of content on it, uh, whether you play co-op or single player. All right, good man. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker for the available now for the Nintendo Switch, forty bucks. Yep. Just Johnny says, it's good. It's 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 great. All right, and now I'm gonna kick it back, or not not back. I mean, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> Just Johnny, you also got to check out this other game, Octopath Traveler. Octopath Traveler, man. Okay. I, I want went, you to try to sell Black Adam on this. I went on a journey, man. This this is a blast from the past, but. From the future, and by future I mean a couple weeks ago. But uh, hit your head, man. You imagine this game. <laughs> this is this is, game is just wild. They did they did some really interesting stuff there. Uh, it and it looks like they didn't do anything that they're playing things very safe. But when you actually dive into it and start to play it, uh, you really see like oh they're doing some unique things within it. What makes it stand out is that the. Uh, the graphical style, the art style, is basically Super Nintendo JRPGs, what you expect from there, but in a PlayStation 1 style uh, 3D world where these 16-bit sprites are uh, used as textures for the for a 3D world that these sprites are moving through. So everything Nothing you said goes together in a coherent thought. It doesn't, but it, it just looks fantastic. You have to kind of see it running in motion for all of this to sort of work out. And then on top of all of that, because the 3D isn't like uh, phenomenal, but they add these modern day graphical effects like this, these really awesome dynamic lighting and shadowing effects and and uh and uh light and bl uh volumetric uh fog and the lad in motion blur and and all sorts of like bells and whistles mm -hmm. that really pretties up 16-bit sprites okay so th um, these are like if, the best if, looking sprites you'll see well, I, I don't know man i still remember the donkey kong country sprites if you want to talk uh, good looking 16-bit sprites uh. that right there which was a big <laughs> cheat i know no uh. they, they they took uh, 3D pictures and map those JPEGs over 2D sprites, so the game looked 3D even though it was just 2D. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was a very very interesting trick. But that right there, sir, does it beat that? It beats that. Oh, it be graphically oh. this this definitely beats it because oh, everything's man. it's all also running in HD. So everything when you're blowing it up on the big screen, uh, everything still maintains that level of visual quality. Now. That's one thing. Well, hold on. What's the, what's the game about? The game... All right. So if you've played a JRPG, you're going to be somewhat familiar of the game. But what you have is eight different main characters. Instead of there being one main character in any JRPG that you play with, and then you assemble your party, you have what is kind of very different about this game. Is that it's eight very different main characters, mm -hmm. each with their own main storyline. And it's not so much that there is this... going to say each with their own main squeeze. And it's not so much that uh, there's this one big evil enemy and you have to sort of defeat this big giant evil thing, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. and win the day and that's the end of the game. It's you have eight very different, very separate plots that you have to go through for each of these eight different characters. Well, that's nothing new, man. Any Mega Man game has that. But... <laughs> But but it's very. He, he, he knows I'm right. He, he knows I'm right. 
Oh, oh, you're still playing as Mega Man going through those those different bosses. Okay, this no, one, it's right, it's right. uh, eight separate characters, each with their own unique storyline that you go through, and you can progress through those storylines separately for every single character, and you can pick and choose when you want to progress through one character's main storyline, then you can uh, switch over to a different character and progress that a little bit, or you could progress, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm progressing all characters through uh, at the same time, so I'm um, I want to get the full breadth of all of them instead of deep diving into one particular character so you versus like play another. A with one, then you move to the next. You play a little with that guy. Yeah, I'm going chapter by chapter, completing every single character's uh, story arc uh, per chapter basis, mm -hmm. and getting sort of the full breadth of it. And I on top that of that, I played RTS games, and there's no better way to lose <laughs> dramatic, drastically, just, just, just embarrassingly. Then I've got my nice stable structure. While this a-hole over here, who spent his whole time building armies, has like uh, catapults and balrogs. Right. While I've just uh, invented fire to make like a little, uh, a, a little, uh, a little spit. Yep. Um, and now I'm. It's like, who wants some chicken? Death. <laughs> yeah. right. Then then eat your chicken after you kill yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so that that's essentially the customization mechanic of this game is you're choosing when you're gonna have certain members of the story because you can only take uh four of them with you at any given point in time. So which characters you bring into your party, that really changes up not only your your battle strategy, but also changes up which stories you're gonna be able to progress through. And uh as you're wandering through town and dungeons and whatnot each of these eight characters have very unique abilities that only they can use uh, and a lot a of is there a teamwork aspect to it then there is it a, sounds like that'd be beneficial here there is a teamwork aspect where uh, and that happens more so in when you're in combat where uh, you can sort of uh, some some uh, party members will have abilities that really help or favor another party member and in addition to that there is this I mean, I don't want to deep dive into the battle system because there's a lot there and it's very intricate, very elaborate. But the main mechanic—the main mechanic of the battle system—is this break uh, system where you don't really deal too much damage to the enemy until you break their shield. And in order to break their shield, you have to uh, find what their weaknesses are and then hit them with their weakness. Ah, oh, so you're just in the battle, like, hmm, your mama never loved you. And then as they crumble, you just like, you know, punch them in the face. For example, an enemy might have uh, four different weaknesses, one of them being a staff, another one being a bow, another Your one being... Your sister's more successful. Yeah, another one being like staff. light and dark magic. And uh, only the cleric ha uh, can utilize the staff, or the cleric and, and one other uh, character can utilize the staff weapon. So having... Uh, enemy having party members that usually aren't really effective in combat but are meant to fill out other roles can still be effective in combat because they can uh, they can uh, eliminate a particular weakness or or weaken the enemy because only they can use a particular type of magic or weapon okay. against the enemy. That's a that's a that's a very like old school um, RPG mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So, dude, it's um, Octopath. Traveler. Octopath what the hell, Traveler. What the hell does Octopath mean, first of all? I gotta ask. Uh, so the Octopath comes in that there are eight main characters, and right from the start, you pick one character, mm -hmm. uh, and they're gonna sort of be your main character to travel around for the first half of the game. Mm -hmm. uh, but you you can choose where you start by choosing which character is gonna be your pseudo-main character for the game. And at any point, you can take a different path by playing another character's main story. That's where the Octopath comes in, is that it's eight different story paths. And you can experience them however you want. And each one is pretty interesting. And some of them get dark. Like Primrose, the dancer, is a vengeance story. And she basically, it starts off, you're at a whorehouse. I'm with it. And you end That's up... That's all you had to say. Yeah. Adam's on his way to buy one right now. <laughs> a whorehouse, I mean. Yeah, yeah I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all employed right. now. I spent a lot. No. That's all. <laughs> all right. Primrose isn't really the most gangster name. You're saying that's like one of the most uh, uh, hardcore. That storyline? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it gets darker as hey, you progress on that one. What's your name, gangster? Primrose. Uh, <laughs> it just, it just, I'm excited to find out what uh, continues to happen on that storyline because, you know, the chapter two was pretty dark and I'm, I'm interested in the other ones. And then some we'll of the other out, characters. We'll find out Primrose yeah. opens a bakery. 
and it's something Primrose, that, uh, start the children's a children's morning program and some of the characters don't have as dark of a story some of them are very light-hearted where they just want to see the world so it's really like when you read their initial story uh you kind of get an idea for what what each one plays out and it, it changes up and also it changes your taste like if you're in a mood for something light-hearted they got a character and a storyline for that if you're in a mood for something dark you, they got one for that it, it's it's varied what if i want to spend the whole game in that pixelated whorehouse can i do that too uh you can do it through that storyline if you want to stay in that pixelated whorehouse you nice. can do that too so what you meant is you can do it put your back into it you can yes put your <laughs> I think back that's into a technical it. way to express it. you might you might have to grind a bit uh, uh, oh i see what you did. Right, right there right there well well done sir well done all right so what do you, what do you oh, yeah. think of this bad boy here? definite thumbs up uh the music okay. is phenomenal too i just want to mention music Absolutely fantastic. Got soundtrack going. Yeah. So this is a uh, full-fledged $60 game. It's worth every penny. There is at least 50 to 60 hours in this game, without a doubt. And uh, not that I want there to be a whole lot of time in this game, but it's it's that 60 hours of well-worth-played kind of thing. And you could probably get up to 100 hours in this game. All right. Well said, dude. The game is Octopath Traveler. Oh, damn. Popping the mic. Octopath Traveler. Um, available for... It's, this, this was a Switch game? Uh, Nintendo Switch only, yep. Switch only. All right, so if you got a Switch out there, check it out. Just Johnny gives it his seal of approval. Yeah, seal. All right, now I'm... <laughs> okay, now uh, giving us the first Bueller's Greatest Hits. I'm going to uh, turn it back over. Actually, no, I'm going to take this one. Because I'm the only one, I believe, that got to see the first Purge. Yes. The Purge original recipe. The yeah. Purge origins. Where it yes, where it came from. I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now this is the story of if anyone's familiar with uh, if anyone's unfamiliar with the Purge, this is some yeah. Uh, this is the movie series that started a few years ago um, with a really really crappy movie uh, starring Ethan Hawke. Right, and has which somehow is, usually managed... I like Ethan Hawke, but then somehow he left this one and they got more popular. Yeah, it was a complete. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, they, it really, really make any sense. Anything, there really was no way for them to bring it back. But the concept of the purge is it's set slightly in the future, mm. and by slightly in the future, I mean we're talking like five, ten years. Yeah. Um, Trump could still be president by the time they start. They start the purge. Right. Yep. That's uh, that's how that's how uh, near in the future we're talking, and uh, all crime in America has been wiped out. Yes. It's just gone. It doesn't exist. I mean, jaywalking isn't even a thing anymore. Why? Because the government has instituted this thing called the purge, where for one night, uh, 12 hours out of the entire year, all crime is legal. Right. And including the, murder, including everything. murder. Yeah. Everything is everything. <clears throat> everything uh, is uh, is uh, is fair game. And you'd think or at least in the past few movies, what these have, have devolved into is just one night of just just one big blood orgy everyone is just killing everyone else and my th- my thought throughout this whole series had now this is the fourth installment by the way mm. uh, my thought throughout this whole series has been well okay um, we're watching people kill each other and stuff I guess that's a thing that would happen but if anything is legal and you can't be arrested, why don't y'all just help yourselves to a bunch of TVs? You know, hit a couple of cash registers you know uh, uh, which I would yeah upgrade your uh, your quality of life. And we uh, come to find out that uh, apparently folks had this idea, but the problem is the purge itself is a government instituted uh, platform um, to supposedly end crime by letting people, quote unquote, purge these urges out of them. Right. But what it really is, is a way to keep um, to keep uh, lower uh, lower income communities down. Mm. And. Uh, they, I, they do some they do some stuff in this picture that would, if it was a better movie, <laughs> be really really uh, socially conscious and deep. There was a strong message here. I, I sensed this kind of issue, kind of yeah, with the, the trailers for this. I'm like, this looks a little bit like. Well, the thing is, they're trying to go for they're obviously trying to go for uh, a, a, a a deep. Uh, social message, yeah, you know, that's saying we all need to come together. We need to stop the violence and like and you know work like, for a better tomorrow. Neighborhoods and everything like that. I was like, yeah, I don't know if that. Yeah, well, know. how it actually starts. This movie did something very interesting, and and I'm I'm not I'm not down on it. It sounds like I was about to like go down a, t- a bit of a tirade there. I just have to emphasize that it fails in its in its attempt to have a solid message. 
it's obviously trying to say something deep, right? And it's just not that much. Yeah, it's just not the franchise for it. Yeah, this is just the not the way to go, choose? right? Yeah. Uh, but this is uh. the story of the very first purge, the first time the government instituted this um, uh, uh, this uh, big event, yeah. and they set it in one neighborhood. It's only happening on Staten Island. In New York, it's where all the as bad an stuff experiment. That's what, yeah, that's what they say. That's where all the bodies are buried, uh, anyways. As an experiment to see how the public, how the how the public would cotton to this experiment here. Is Wu Tang in this? Wu Tang is not in this <laughs> one. Uh, they call it the quote unquote experiment, and it starts off with them interviewing different people in the community. And the whole concept is, okay, this is a voluntary um, endeavor we're undertaking. Mm-hmm. So anyone who stays in this neighborhood, they're there of their own accord. Excuse me, and the NA, the NFFA. Uh, the, the, uh, that's putting this on the company. It starts off as a company, and uh, in the later movies will become, or in the later, in the earlier movies, in the other Purge movies, uh, evolves into a government organization. Right. Uh, offers everyone who stays on the island and survives the night five thousand dollars. So what you saw in this movie is what I imagine most people would do: is people just start, you know, everyone's out there partying. I'm, I got five thousand free dollars, you know, and maybe I'll help myself to some free, you know, some free shoes. Or something, but it also uh, is very clever in the fact that um, the government, well, this organ, this company, um, this is their quote unquote experiment. But they have a uh, they have an agenda that they're trying to accomplish. So they um, basically fill the island with all these crazy people and all these mercenaries. And we see these we see this in other movies say, starring uh, tactical teams and they're like doing some damage. Yes, but they're all disguised as gang members, as clan members, right. uh, people wearing sambo masks. So One it's promoting dude promoting the through. idea that these people are destroying their own spot instead. It's yeah, it's all it's all it one big smoke screen, which I thought was very clever um the way they actually worked it in to sure. the storyline of we see how this would devolve from this picture. We see how uh, this concept would devolve from everyone's trying to rip off an ATM machine. You know, everyone's trying to steal cars to no, everyone just kills each other. That's the purge. It's not all crime is legal, even though that's what they say. It's murder mm-hmm. is legal because every purge movie has been about, well, everyone else trying to kill everyone else. Yeah. You know, and um, the when I when I said earlier, this fails in its attempt to have a message. Because when I mentioned those groups, uh, the whole thing was uh, Marissa Tomei's in this movie. Really? And I think kind of just a garbage role because she is the architect of The Purge. And The Purge. Recognize her from the name. Yeah, no, no, it's you wouldn't. They got this bad wig on her. It's it's something out. It's something out of a Halloween box. That's yeah, um, but she's the architect of the purge, and the concept of the purge was originally, supposedly, uh, to be how uh, we study human nature and see how people, uh, whether people will, are, will um, adhere to the statistics that they've uh, calculated. Right. And when they don't, well, you know, we got it. We got it. We got to kill off these uh, these these dark people one way or another. So they just flood the place <laughs> with the, with with Klansmen, uh. and they flood the place with neo Nazis, and they flood the place with all these mercs that are basically there to kill folks mm. uh, under the uh, under the orders of the government. Now we saw this in some of the previous Purge movies with your boy Frank Grillo. Yeah, mm-hmm. he starred in a couple of them. Frank where- Grillo is a man. Frank Grillo's a bad dude, Grillo. man. Yeah. He's 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 the real life bad dude too. Yeah, have you have you have you ever listened to like those uh, interviews where he talks about his workout routine? Yeah, he's got like five percent body fat. He's a monster. If even if if that yeah, much. he's a killer. Yeah, he's, he's he's a, I I first saw him in the movie uh, Warrior. He was the trainer. Yeah, I remember that. And, yeah, he, uh, he didn't really do any fighting in that though. He was no, just, no, he was the trainer. But I was like, he did so well in that role. I was like, I'm going to pay attention to this guy. And since then, he's been. In a bunch of movies, and I've always been uh, paid close attention. But yep. yeah, well, the Purge movies were a good were a good avenue for him too, because it really jibes to a um, to a character of his physicality, right? And also, he's a guy that you can believe. I n- I don't necessarily want to you know uh, exist in this world where you know it's all about violence and uh, and killing. But I've got something I need to get off my chest, mm. you know. So I'm going to go handle some business. Yeah. And then he's doing it for the greater good in the next picture. Uh, well, we saw in those in those uh, movies starring Frank Grillo that uh, mercenaries are here to fill to to carry out some alternate agenda. Someone's got something they want to accomplish. Some big major company's got something they want to accomplish, and the purge is just their means to do something illicit. I wish they could do it, yeah. You know, so I mean, this the, the, this franchise has always tried to have some kind of message, but again, it's the freaking purge, man. You it's can't have purge, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, what are you really I, trying to get out of it as a viewer? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like, what what itch are you trying to scratch by by viewing this thing? Yeah. So, so let me talk about what people actually are going to see to this movie for, to see some really clever killing some crazy people and some wild stuff. Yeah. And they do some cool stuff in this picture, too. I will say, as a Purge movie, it does not disappoint. You get the killing, you get the crazies, and they do some interesting stuff where it's like they show different uh, classifications of crazy people. This isn't just um, the uh, the crazy mercs, the hired guns and all this, uh, mm. killing folks in quote-unquote interesting ways. This is the first group of people that were in- introduced into uh, into this experiment. And you get uh, 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 crazy uh, homeless ladies who are set in traps made out of like <laughs> trash and weird like doll heads and stuff. Yeah. Just because they're, they're just plain nuts. They want to kill, and they can't do it any other any other way, any other time, any other place without uh, fear of retribution. Mm. You know, they find like the craziest person ever. They open the movie with this one dude named Skeletor, who's got he's one of these dudes who's like carved things in his own face, and he and he's not he's not taking care of his teeth. I'll just say that right, that, yeah. that right there. Sounds, yeah. <laughs> Seems and like he'd probably be lacking in flossing and things like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I won't run down like the full roster of like lunatics. They, it's just, it's just, it's like, it's like a Mortal Kombat game. They, they have a, a roster of people that definitely make um, the, uh, the, the caliber of character you need to get this franchise off the ground. I got you. And what's ironic is, um, in this movie, your hero ends up becoming the, uh, the local drug dealer. Local drug dealer who's sure. got like guns at his disposal, and uh, the old men in the um, the old men in the apartment complex who normally would be yelling at kids to get off their lawn, go to school, pull your pants up, uh, and now it's like we're we're liking all the wrong characters in this, <laughs> but you know what? It, it was still an entertaining time. Right. Um. I don't. I've never. I've never had any real beef with the Purge se- uh, series. The first purpose, one is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The first. The the original Purge movie is the only one I really didn't like because it was just a garbage. Uh, display of well, we have an affluent white family being being accosted by the by 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 being accosted by both the Negroes and some upscale people. So nobody's safe. Apparently, it's like I don't. I, I hate all these people. Kill right. everyone. It seems like they like this is a good idea. We just botched it a little bit. Let's do it five more times. Yeah, and I'm surprised <laughs> it got so many sequels, but they keep getting better each time. Much like the Fast yeah, and Furious yeah, series. I, I was waiting <laughs> for that loop around. They're pretty much comparable. No, I wouldn't go that far. Come on. <laughs> but no, I, w- I will say the first purge was entertaining enough to actually earn a thumbs up. Mm. And I, it was a surprising um, bit of, uh, of dumb fun. And don't, ex- don't expect it to land with the message it's, it's trying to uh, convey, right. but expect to have a good time uh, regardless. Because no one's going into this expecting, well, you know, I feel inspired to donate to charity now and I'm going to volunteer some time tomorrow. It's like, no, I just wanted to see some folks kill each other and, you know, have an entertaining time. Sure. That, that didn't but suck. But you can get that. Yeah. The best I can say for this, it didn't suck. So That's actually, uh, you know, a pretty decent you know, yeah. passable thing for most people <laughs> that are expecting that from this movie. Yeah, but best assessment I can make of the pur- first purge, it didn't suck. So I give it a thumbs up. <laughs> All right. All right. So now, uh, as we close out the show, I'm going to talk to you fellas real quick about a comic I got to check out. And I hope not the only one I that never, got to I see. a while ago. I checked it out. All right. Iron Maiden Legacy of the Beast. Six. 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 <laughs> uh, now, this is an Iron Maiden comic. Well, first of all, before I get into this, we're talking about Iron Maiden. And Johnny, I believe you wore a specific garment for this day. I did unintentionally. Uh. <laughs> unintentionally. All right, we're talking. This man is wearing an Iron Maiden shirt. All right. Well, we're talking, of course, about Iron Maiden: Legacy of the Beast. This is a comic series that just came out recently. And after reading this, tell me if you can go along with me or not. It seemed like something that's very specifically for Iron Maiden fans mm-hmm. and older, old school metalheads. Yeah, I mean, the part of being like a metalhead and stuff like that is like the art's awesome. The you art, know what I mean? the like all wild. those yeah. Megadeth uh, covers, the Iron Maiden covers, and stuff like that. Like metal has some cool. Like it reminds me of Bill and Ted. You know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> in Bogus Journey, when they so? when they go to hell the first time, and they're like, "This is hell," and they're like, "We totally got lied to by our album covers, man." <laughs> you know what I mean? They have the lines because they're so used to like these awesome depictions of like skulls and death and stuff like that yeah, so it's, 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 like the imagery is a, a big part of it so it makes mm-hmm. sense to mm-hmm. me see and i myself i was always more of a gangster rap fan so if it didn't have like cartoon dogs and and and, and poodles and bikinis right. i wasn't with it yeah i hear you <laughs> i hear you um no what's the, wrong the, with I, the, the, what's up with that uh, hey man <laughs> uh, bow wow wow yippee yo yippee yay um the iron maiden legacy of the beast is the story of eddie and his transformation from just this random uh, spe- uh, spe- uh, spe- uh, spe- spirit 
that's just been kind of forgotten and uh, incarcerated, tied up, etc., mm. and left for dead to his rise to becoming the badass uh, mascot that Iron Maiden would eventually have. Right. And, um, dude, it, when I mentioned the old school metalhead thing, it's because all those songs promised badass battles on the hill and victory and all this stuff right. and vanquishing your enemies and then uh, burying them in rivers of blood and stuff. Basically, all the uh, all the B sides from the from the from any from any Death Clock uh, uh, track, right? Or something Jack Black would sing about, but not in a funny way. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it delivers, dude. Every story on this reminded me of like reading Chaos Comics, just being an angsty kid. Sure, yeah. And everything was like this, dude. He's gonna, he's gonna get laid, and he's gonna he's gonna kill every friggin' thing that comes at him yeah. in these ridiculous ways, and he can't lose. He can't. Yeah, yeah. and it's just about it's rock just, and roll and chicks and yeah. skulls and oh yeah, man. I expected it to be a lot more morbid, dude. I expected like uh, this to be kind of dark. We read the um the Bloodborne uh, comic right. not too long ago, yeah, and yeah. he said it it was really um, it was just like dank and depressing and dark and and just raw, and that was just in line with the games, right? Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I don't want to dive into the Bloodborne. Well, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm more just, or less. I'm saying yeah. as, an, as an aesthetic, that's really what I expected from the Iron Maiden Legacy yeah. of the mm-hmm. Beast. Mm-hmm. And I got a freaking, I got a fun-ass story. Sure. Like, yeah. I, I, I wanted Eddie to win, and he did, until the point where I'm like, this is kind of ridiculous, because all he does is win, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? And it got, it got a little silly, but then after a couple issues, I realized, but... Who's reading this? This is what this is what they came for. They just want yeah. to see Eddie kick ass. No one wants a deep, intricate story. No one wants to see like uh, character growth. Yeah, I don't think it's going to attract learning. too many mm-hmm. other people to this thing. If, yeah, if, it's just it's it's for fans, dude. You like Iron right. Maiden music? You know who Eddie is, so you want to see some cool stuff happen. Hopefully, set to a soundtrack. You're not going to get the soundtrack. It's a freaking comic book, right? Uh, but what's your impression, man? Because I mean, I I, I told you, I love the art, man. I I love I love the character. I love. I I loved watching him win. Can I get maybe I'm, like I loved <laughs> I, I, Iron Maiden for a while when I was I was younger. I haven't listened to them in a long time, but I, I, a track comes up in my uh, in my uh, in my MP3 rotation every now and then. But uh, yeah, I'm not gonna I lie, man. Like, it's been a while since I sat down. In a while, just, I'll like put that on or something like that because it's yeah. just a good song. Okay, well you mentioned that too. Um, one of the cool things about this is um, like every uh, every every issue is uh, is basically themed after an Iron, an Iron Maiden album cover. Yeah. Which was, which I thought was just dope. Sure, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's a good tie-in. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives, uh, it kind of gives a storyline to the random stuff you would see there. No, um, it's I, all drawn really well. The art really was good, amazing. You know? Yes. So that's what I was like. That's what you need. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's uh, metal's kind of a visual thing too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, if they had a crappy artwork in the comic, it's not really. Dude, that that's it's not it's not that out of the ordinary though. I remember some of those old school comics were ridiculous. Wu Tang yeah. would get comic books. Uh, Metallica would get comic books. Mm. Kiss, well, Kiss would, we, yeah, it's, it's would Kiss. Kiss would get yeah. comic books. Kiss would get comic companies. Kiss would get like toe socks. Kiss, Kiss would get everything. Yeah, and they all sucked. And they all sucked. Yes, but this did not Kiss suck. This sucks. was just a stupid good time. Mm. Um, it's Iron Maiden Legacy of the Beast. I'm gonna give it a thumbs up, man. How about you? Sure, absolutely. All right, Johnny, what do you think? Uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't read it. So. I know you listen to the review, man. I mean, what do you have? We have swayed you. It sounds. I am I like appreciating really good comic book art. So just from that, I want to see what the artwork looks like because the artwork on the albums are phenomenal. Yep. Uh, well, we actually have some images uh, flashing uh, no in the background there. That. Yeah, no, the comic was dope, and I like the concept that it was based around the albums because that's like some old school stuff. It right. makes it seem like, well, Eddie's been on a journey, and they try to stop him, they try to keep him down, they try to vanquish his soul, and they couldn't keep him uh, from achieving his victory. It looks like it's the same or or really close to the same artist that has been doing their album covers. Yeah, that's one thing I got too, which I thought was was perfect for the medium. Um, there's a little, there's, there's, there's some tweaks. It's just like Eddie's accosted by a gang of random weirdos with like animal masks. Takes him out. Eddie's accosted was, he by the purge. <laughs> Eddie yeah. stepped into the purge. <laughs> All right. Well, if he can make it to 12 hours, he will win champion standing. Mm. It's Iron Maiden Legacy of the Beast. It's the comic that's out right now. It's five issues. Uh, you can probably get it in graphic in like five, five, six months, man. You may want to wait. It's not that expensive. But, um, I, dude, it was just, it was just, it was just a fun ass read. It's a quick read too. I, I'll give it a thumbs up. Adam, thumbs up, thumbs up, two thumbs up. All right, so Johnny, you gonna check that out right away? I will, right on it. <laughs> you sound so convinced. Yeah. All right, so this has been the geek down here on WMF Radio. I want to thank you all for joining us for another action-packed.
fun-filled show. You can catch us every Monday night right here on WMFRadio.com. But if you were just listening and you want to see what these smiling faces look like, you can check us out at twitch.tv slash thegeekdown. And if you heard anything tonight you want to chime in on, you like the review, you hated the review, you have an opinion, you want to recommend something, etc., hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. And in the meantime, find us on social media, find the clips and listen to us. We're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes, you can find us on Facebook, you know, I'll, I'll like us on, uh, uh, follow us on Twitter. We are all over the mother. You just search the Geek Down where usually the first results that come up. Or you can just go to geek-down.com and all the social media links are there in the about section. So, dude, track us down and stock, get your stock on, and we will catch you all next Monday night right here on WEMF Radio. Until then, I want to thank Black and Willis. Yes, sir. You won't leave me hanging, brother. Oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> I want to thank just Johnny. Yo. I want to thank uh, uh, ones and twos, Tom. Woo! I like and, that one. Yeah. And I want to thank you, fine listeners, for joining us. You can catch us right here every Monday night. Like I said, same bat time, same bat channel. But until then, be excellent to each other. Mm. Peace. need a medical marijuana recommendation like I did? Do what I did. CanacanDocs.com. Compassionate, compliant, and confidential. Go where I went, Mike can, to get my medical recommendation in Massachusetts. CanacanDocs.com. If you're suffering like I am from back pain, or maybe you have MS, post-traumatic stress, seizures, AIDS, cancer, glaucoma. If you're suffering from pain like I am daily, call CanacanDocs.com. It's a much safer way to go. No opiates. You want medical legal cannabis? CanacanDocs.com. Convenient, nine Massachusetts locations, Peabody, Quincy, Waltham, Brockton, Stoughton, South Dennis, Cape Cod, Fall River, and Worcester. Also, I forgot, Seekonk, also in the states of Delaware, Connecticut.